Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Sabine Gideon, um, and we'll be talking about her journey, as well as her new book, Transformed, The Journey to Becoming. From climbing the corporate ladder to becoming a corporate dropout to start her own business, Sabine Gideon knows a thing or two about taking big leaps, navigating major life challenges, and looking within to find strength, wisdom, and the courage necessary to persevere while in uncharted territory. After nearly 15 years in corporate, Sabine took charge of her life and embarked on a journey to become the leader that she always needed. As an executive coach and leadership development consultant, Sabine now supports organizations and their emerging leaders by helping them understand how they become high performers and effective change makers. With authenticity, integrity, courage, and vulnerability as her core brand pillars, Sabine leverages them to help humanize and transform leaders and teams. Sabine knows firsthand the amount of faith and courage it takes to break away from the norm and step into something new or bigger than yourself. Using her experience as a benchmark, she hopes to help lead millions of others through their unique paths of purpose, impact, prosperity, and legacy. And for more information, you can visit Sabine's website, which is sabinegideon.com, and that's S-A-B-I-N-E-G-E-D-E-O-N.com, sabinegideon.com. Okay, welcome to the show, Sabine. Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you so much for, for that uh, intro and that bio. Um, I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you today. Thank you. Me too. And I have to tell you, from the first time um, the publicist sent your information and I saw your picture, that big happy smile, I thought, oh, there's an energy that uh, I definitely want to talk to, that uh, you just exude brightness. <laughs> so, um, Aww, anyway. Thank you. Well, well, you're welcome. It's just, uh, you know, that just was just my first thought. And, and um, anyway, so, but um, after getting past that, you know, and reading about what your journey is and also, um, you know, reading out, uh, about uh, Transformed, um, I definitely wanted to, you know, have you share your experience. So if you wouldn't mind, would you share with the listeners just a little bit about your journey, kind of the, that little rough <laughs> beginning or the period, you know, and that led up to what you are doing now? Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, and so I think the, the biggest catalyst to my journey took place about 14 years ago. Um, I had found myself at a place uh, where I I literally hit rock bottom, um, extremely depressed and suicidal, and had, uh, you know, planned my exit, if you will. And in in doing so, decided to have a a conversation with God um, and ask two things. Uh, One was to show me that he was real and two, what my purpose was or is. And in that moment, I had an experience and an encounter with God that completely changed my life. And so I went from, you know, I'm done with the world and I'm done being here to waking up the next day on the, from the floor uh, with a new determination and a passion to, you know, uncover my purpose and to make an impact in the world. And so, you know, like I said, it's been a 14-year journey. It, it certainly has had its ups and, in, and its downs, um, but one that has been extremely rewarding, uh, one of self-discovery, self-love, one of healing, um, one of really truly understanding and uncovering my, my true identity, and in being able to walk through that journey and come out on the other side, I have this extreme passion to want to help others to do the same. 
uh, particularly, you know, women and emerging leaders. And, and that, you know, that varies between, like, stages of actual leadership, uh, but the emerging piece is, is really the awakening to the identity that individuals or we all are leaders. And so that is the work that I do today as an executive coach and a leadership development consultant. Wow. Um, the, um, when I read about that period where you were, you know, you kind of had it all planned and, you know, even to the point that you were conscious enough to not to leave clues, <laughs> that that was kind of, kind of what yeah. the intent was. Uh, you know, I mean, but, you know, I think, that just happens all too often, you know, I mean, more than we know, I think. And, you know, so um, when you had that moment, um, what would you say was, um, I mean, you said you woke up the next day and it was a whole different kind of outlook kind of thing. So, um, but you are, you're, as far as a purpose, okay, was it that, you know, in that moment you were, you know, told or guided that, that you have a purpose, you know, or that you had a specific purpose? Uh, great question. I, I don't know if this – I don't know – well, I wasn't told that I had a purpose. I think the response okay. – um, and so, you know, when I, I share that I had an encounter with God and – you know, before then, I, I didn't really, uh, I, you know, grew up in Catholic church, but really didn't have a relationship right. with God. And if I'm being quite honest, you know, had some questions uh, around mm-hmm. the validity based on, you know, reality and, and what man was telling me. Um, so for me, I think the, the thing that like shifted my consciousness, if you will, or, or shifted my paradigm right. was really the fact that like I physically felt uh god you know wrapped his arms around me like it was a it was a spiritual experience as well as a physical experience and it's just it was a knowing like oh my gosh and it was less about the purpose even then but that god was Mm -hmm. real because the reason why um i had even gotten to the place of asking for purpose was really you know, I had endured a lot of things throughout my childhood and, and adolescence and I and what I said to God was I could continue to endure the pain and the disappointment and, and all the negativity if I knew that there was a reason behind it. If I if I knew mm-hmm. that, you know, at the end of this that there is there's some purpose uh to it. And right. so it was really coming from that place of, okay, show me your real and like show me what this 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 purpose is. And so waking up, I knew that I had purpose. I didn't know what it was, uh, but I also knew that I had this determination now, this reason to live that I didn't have, you know, the day before. Right, right. Well, yeah, and that was kind of what I was trying to, you know, understand, you know, because if there are people listening who are in that space, you know, um, that, uh, you know, what to possibly attract to them, you know, what to, what to ask, you know, for, what to be aware of, you know, and, and maybe just to, you know, look for that particular kind of, of experience. Um, so when that happened, were you, you were in the corporate world at the time? Was, is that true? Yes, I was. I was in uh, corporate America, and I was still working my uh, side hustle of, like, my my job since I was, like, 16. Um, So, yeah, working two jobs at that point. Wow. Now, you – there was one point then in that little journey, that little fork where you – you know, change from – you left that corporate environment. Now, I I know the corporate world, too. You know, I mean, it's – becoming my ancient history, but, um, you know, I do remember it clearly. It kind of leaves impressions on you. Um, but, you know, there was one point then that you left that corporate world to pursue um, the, the coaching aspect of your work. So tell us about that transition. What what was that like? Yeah. Um, so that one wasn't, it wasn't too long ago. So, well, it doesn't feel like yesterday, but it definitely doesn't feel like it was that long ago. <laughs> Um, so to backtrack a little, you know, as I was going through this deep depression um, and got to this place where I wanted, uh, I got the clarity around pursuing purpose, 
you know, I really doubled down on my career at that point because I realized that, you know, part of my purpose is part of what I do and how I express myself. And so, you know, I was that person where, you know, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. I wanted to be the senior mm-hmm. HR executive at some point and, you know, took took on all the opportunities to get there. And so fast forward probably to about five years ago, 2016, you know, or even before that, here I was trying to get to this place, went back, got my master's. The door finally opened for me in 2016 to, to step into this coveted role or this role that I had been coveted that I, I saw from, like, my early stages in my career and just determined that that's what's going to be my big step. And so I got into the role in less than six months, and, and I think I'm even being generous with that. Uh, less than six months, I realized that it was not, it was absolutely not what I wanted to do with my life. Um, the level of impact that I thought that I was going to have, the, the level of autonomy, it just, it, part of it was the environment. And then I think really honestly, part of it was just, I had outgrown that vision of myself, mm-hmm. that vision of my 22, 23 year old self who idolized the people in this role. I was no longer her. And so I went through another crisis. Thankfully, thank God, it was, it was nowhere near as the previous one. Um, but I really did go through an identity crisis because at that stage in my life, it was uh, I had attached so much to purpose and to my work. And, mm-hmm. you know, my work was my identity and it was my everything. And so there was no plan B for me. Uh, and, you know, I had put in all this time and effort in becoming this person only to realize it's not who I am. So I had to go through another, uh, call it, you know, transformation process of really un unlayering all of these identities or thoughts of who I thought I was to get to the core of what, where do I feel like I, was, I make the biggest impact and where do I find the most fulfillment? And so as I thought back to my career, it was really in the times where I was, you know, sitting across from an employee, helping them map out their career, helping them map out their life, or behind closed doors with a leader, um, coaching them through both work challenges as well as personal challenges. And so it was in that moment, once I got that clarity of when I felt like I was showing up as me the most, um, that I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down this coaching path. Uh, at the time, coaching was, was popular, certainly not as much as it is today, um, but at least I had had some examples, so I knew that there was a career in coaching. Um, and stepped out. First, I started with career coaching, you know, kind of helping people transition from one role to another. It didn't take long for me to realize that that was not, (laughs) that was not my ministry um, in the sense that I I did not want to write resumes. (laughs) Yeah, no, not far enough away. And I I didn't, I didn't want to write resumes. You could spend easily three hours, three or four hours writing a resume. That was not impactful for me. Um, so as time went on and I, I worked with more and more clients, I realized that there was, uh, there was a commonality in terms of, you know, where they were. Uh, one, they were always leaders. And secondly, it was never about the change uh, in terms of, like, change from job or change from industry. It was always about the, uh, the work in helping them see themselves as this new version um, so, you know, working through the mindset, getting them to understand this is the totality of who you are and the skills that you bring to the table, um, getting them to the place where they could actually embody this new identity before they even stepped into it. So the work got deeper and deeper outside of like, oh, you want this job. And so that also led me to, because I was working with leaders, really understanding like, you know, I always said when I was in corporate and even since then that, you know, leaders are the most underserved in organizations, mainly because, you know, when you look at, uh, when you look at coaching for, for the longest time, it was really reserved to the executives or like the high potential individuals um, where, and leaders for the most part, mid management and even above that, there's this, this expectation that they know everything or they have the answers or that they'll figure it out. So they take on these identities of, like, I'm Superman or I'm Superwoman, um, and, you know, they, they try to mask their vulnerabilities. So the more I got to work with these leaders who are in transition, the more, again, I got them to lay down the cloak, if you will, uh, to uh-huh. really express 
and and uncover you know what what are what are the the hidden truths right where are the insecurities where where are the challenges the things that keep them up at night and the reason why this was important because you know i've worked with leaders who are who have been great i've worked with leaders who were bullies i've worked with leaders who are really insecure and so to be able to take the step back and work with these leaders and kind of understand oh this is the root of their behavior then I could get them to change them, in a sense, if you will, to deal with whatever the insecurity, whatever the fear, whatever the doubt was that was happening inside of them so that when they showed up in the workplace, they were showing up differently. They weren't, I I like to call it bleeding on people in the sense that Mm -hmm. they weren't projecting their negativity or their hurt or their pain or whatever else onto their teams, but that they they were healed, they were whole, and they were authentic and could then replicate that in others. Um, so that's the work that I've been doing uh, for the last several years, working with individuals, uh, women, uh, emerging leaders, and then certainly working within organizations. My sweet spot tends to be the, the startups around five years. And so working with those leaders that are just coming into themselves um, so that as the company grows and as the, as the organization expands, they're able to, you know, continue to maintain that helm of leadership and develop the next le- level of leadership leaders under them. Yeah. Now, when we're talking about leaders, you you mentioned really everyone has the has leadership ability. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. I, maybe I misread that, but but um, one of the how does now I'm sure this is probably part of your work, but but you know you were talking about um, coaching individuals into experiencing what it is that they want to achieve. To you know mm-hmm. to um, now with that I would think that that too like your example of you moving into that which you thought was your ideal. Um, but ended up not being so would so would part of the process be not only recognizing the the attractive parts of a job but but also the practical sometimes not so attractive parts of a job yeah um so i I focus less on the role okay. itself and more on on the human being in the sense that. You know, and you are you are accurate. I, I do say that I believe all of us are, are leaders and, and have a innate ability. Um, and to add to that, you know, my 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 belief is that as as human beings, right? Similar to the fact that we all um, we all have love, we all possess love, we all share love, we all have creativity, we share creativity. I do believe that leadership is is amongst that those traits and those qualities that we all possess. And at the same time, you know, we all have our spheres of influence, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. You know, truth be told, regardless of whether or not you're in a leadership role or you have a, a leadership title in an organization or anywhere, all of us are leading, whether you're leading your household, you're leading in your community, um, you're, you know, you're, you're leading at mm-hmm. work, your business, whatever it is. It, we can see many different arenas in which we are operating as leaders without, quote, unquote, a leadership title. And so my focus is really around getting people to realize and understand that they have that leadership ability, identifying, you know, what are, what are their values? Uh, I think values, uh, uncovering values, clarifying values uh, individually for each and every one of us is complete, is so important as leaders. And then understanding what is your sphere of influence. Uh, We all have a sphere of influence, uh, whether that is the home, whether that it's the community, school, whatever the case may be, we all have a sphere of influence. And the more of us, this is my belief and my philosophy, the more of us who awaken to the truth that, one, we're all leaders, two, we all have a sphere of influence, the um, more prepared we will be to take responsibility and accountability in the spheres uh, that we've been assigned to uh, in the last several years specifically, but probably way longer than that, we've seen, um, we've seen 
I guess, the manifestation of lack of accountability in, in leadership. <laughs> and we've also mm-hmm. seen how, you know, it's been um, – as as a whole, our society has relied on this, you know, this notion of expecting someone else to be the leader, expecting someone else right. to solve the problem. Um, and this is really about actually, no, let's let's take control, let's stand in who we are, let's stand in our, our true identity as leaders, take accountability, take responsibility within for ourselves, and then the spheres that we have influence over, because um, then it no longer becomes us putting our lives, our livelihoods, our, our health, uh, and everything else in the hands of other people. Yeah, it, it, it does get down to that awareness of the innate power within. And you're correct. I mean, it, you know, when you just look around, many people are happy just to follow, I mean, to, to be led. You know, um, that, mm-hmm. that is, uh, you know, and it's a, I think it, it's a, a lazy, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, uh, it, it's a, um, well, I, I, I shouldn't put a judgment on it. <laughs> um, you know, that, no, <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's almost like we've, we've been dulled, if you will, um, yes, as a yes. society. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we have. And, um, you know, yeah, and our, our senses really just need to, to sharpen, <laughs> for sure. So now, what would your, well, you mentioned value. So um, one of the things I wanted to, to also kind of talk about is when you look at the the younger you that wanted the ideal of the HR spot, um, and then the one who was in who achieved that spot, do you feel that maybe there was a change in values or, or priorities? What were, the, what were those, would you say, maybe that contributed to that shift? Mm, that's a really great question. Um, I actually came to this, this revelation uh, not too long ago as I, as I was sharing something similar uh, with someone else. And what I realized is, you know, when I wanted to step into that role uh, back several years ago, um, I had, you know, started in HR in a coordinator, very administrative role, and I was supporting these HR business partners. And so I got to watch them operate and move and how they had influence over the leaders and how they were, you know, creating these strategies to really drive change in the organization. It just seemed so exciting like they had power they were making impact and they had the respect of their leadership and i remember saying to my manager at the time that you know that that was going to be my next role and his reply to me was yeah you're going to need about 20 years uh, of experience before you can step into a role like that and i think me i the rebel in me uh really (laughs) took that as a dare I, I seriously took that as a dare. Like, uh, I don't know who you think I am, but I can do anything that I put my mind to, um, and I am going to get into that role. And so I think part of it, you know, we think about uh, some negative wiring, right? In that moment, mm-hmm. I, I think that desire, that uh, need to prove to him and to prove to myself uh, for the most part that I could do it and it wasn't going to take me 20 years and that I had what it took is really what was driving me for so long. Um, In addition Mm. to the fact that, you know, as you mentioned values, you know, one of my biggest things is, is about helping people is about serving is about, you know, bringing the best out of people, making an impact. And when I really stepped into the role, granted different environment, different time, it was more so uh, – it was very bureaucratic. It was, uh, it was not about the people it, it, it is the best way that I could put it. Like the, mm-hmm. the level of influence that I thought I was going to have, I was more so covering the tales of leaders versus helping them to help their people become better. So it was, so it was a values uh, disconnect. In the sense of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I felt like anyone could do this. Like this is not, this is not what I'm on earth to do. I have more to offer. Um, so, it, so to answer the question in the short, part of it was me trying to, you know, prove to someone mm-hmm. that 
mm-hmm. I could. And then the, the second piece is once I got into the role, um, it wasn't impactful. It was all politics. It was all, I don't know, it just felt like a facade. It just mm-hmm. felt like every day was a facade versus the genuine desire that I had to help people and to change their lives. Yeah, yeah. I was I was um, part of a human resource department in my corporate environment in, in banking and in um, food service, and in, in mm. both environments it was it was just so weird because you know in that HR environment you've got one one whole set of values the stuff going on and then you have the other where you're presenting to you know, like in my case, it was to line people, you know, a, a projection of, you know, like like you say, those high impact things that you, you know, they want to do and you can make a change. Um, but it, it, to me, it was just, um, I, boy, I, I just remember that, that dual reality in a way. And, um, and it's, it's crazy, <laughs> you know, that, that they, they should yeah. be synced up. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, the Bible says you can't serve two masters, and that's exactly what it felt like. It always felt like there was there was a compromise. Like, and and I always questioned, well, who am I here to serve again? (laughs) Who who are we here (laughs) to help? Um, Because it just felt like it was less less the employees and the staff, or even the greater good of the organization, and more these uh, these structures and and these political. Um, I don't know systems that were in place. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, now we're going to be taking a break shortly, um, uh, so I do want to let the listeners know that if you want to call in and ask Sabine any questions, you can call in at six one nine seven eight nine four three five nine. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, and then um, before we go to break, the one other topic I want to kind of talk a little bit about is the idea of legacy, um, that it's, you know, um, a focus of yours. So tell us what your perspective of, what's your perspective of legacy and the individual's legacy? Yeah, that's a really, another really great question. And so I'll use, uh, I'll use myself uh, as an example of of how I'm defining legacy and and how I'm allowing that definition to, to pull me forward. And so uh, in my book, uh, you know, I share a lot about, like, some of the things that I had experienced as a childhood, trauma, sexual abuse, you name it. And I also realized that it was, I, wasn't, I wasn't alone in that, that the previous women and previous generations had experienced the same thing. And so as I made the decision to undergo, you know, my many transformations, it was always with the mindset of, you know, whatever, whatever the bloodline experienced before me, it stopped with me. Um, I'm also, I, I was born in Haiti, right? And, and we know Haiti is, is, is a third world country. Mm. And so poverty uh, was another thing. Poverty, lack, all of that stuff that I made the determination that that stops with me. So meaning that I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was the, the line breaker, if you will, in terms of like mm-hmm. what the new generation of of Gideons or whatever will experience. And so when I think about legacy, for me personally, it's twofold. For my family, being the one to chart this new path, this new narrative, and this new identity for us, and from a standpoint of working with my uh, clients and, and, you know, anyone that I work with, is getting them to that point where they can be as clear as me, like what, 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 is the, what is the problem that you've come here to solve? And when you're gone, when you're long gone, how is that, how is that solution going to show up and, and present itself? So that's how I see legacy, um, that it is deeply personal to each and every one of us. Uh, but the impact of focusing on legacy is something that will impact, you know, generations uh, down the road. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's one of those areas. I mean, uh, I think, you know, that people, you know, that the idea of a midlife crisis comes along, you know, where, you know, you you want your question, you know, what is it that you've done that maybe has mattered and what is it you're going to do, you know, kind of that will matter. Um, so, and, you know, and, um, you know, and I think that's, you know, 
can that perspective is it's you know start some of your friends start to get sick or people pass on you know it becomes more in your awareness um so uh, the one thing that it seems to me is that um that i i look at legacy in uh um in the sense of um you know i guess the idea of you know have you left the world a better place than it was when you you know than you came in you know, and and then the people that you've touched. You know, for some people, their legacy is you know raising children with a solid sense of value. Um, you know, who you know, and, and you know that does live on both you know in the DNA, but also in the greater I don't know what you call it, the zeitgeist kind of you know the greater good of all. Um, so anyway, I, I was just curious because I, I don't think people give a lot of attention to legacy and recognizing that uh, mm-hmm. I guess you you create it every day. You do. You absolutely do. And, and uh, it, it becomes more and more powerful the more intentional you are about it. Um, you know, purpose and legacy to me go hand in hand. They're not the same thing, but for me, you know, purpose is what anchors me. Uh, so that when I am not seeing results or I, I don't think that I'm making an impact or I want to give up, let's be quite frank, because it's hard work. Mm-hmm. My purpose is the thing that anchors me that says, you got this. You can do this. This is, this is the why behind why you started this mission, whereas legacy is the thing that pulls me forward um, that says, hey, you know, when all is said and done, right, this is the impact that you're going to make. Um, when all is said and done, you'll be able to look at your life with no regrets. Um, so I, I am intentional about keeping both of them at the forefront um, as both my anchor and, and my pull. Great. Well, you know, that was a perfect transition because I did want to talk about purpose after the break. So, uh, well, I'm gonna think we'll go into a little bit deeper um, about that anchor um, after the break. So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Um, boy, just as I listened to that, uh, that was our new commercial, by the way. And, and yes, in fact, uh, we are have been on the air now 12 years, actually 12 years tomorrow will be the anniversary of the show. So and we have grown leaps and bounds. So I want to thank everybody who's listened. Okay, today, again, my special guest is Sabine Gideon, and we've been talking about her journey as well as her new book, Transformed, The Journey to Becoming. And again, you can find out more by visiting Sabine's website, which is sabinegideon.com, and that's S-A-B-I-N-E-G-E-D-E-O-N.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Sabine. Yes, and and before we start back, I, I have to say congratulations, uh, twelve years, like that. Talk about an impact. Um, kudos. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, when I when I first started, I just did, I didn't even know if I was going to go from October to December, <laughs> let alone year after year. But it's just it's just been it's been wonderful. You know, the people I've had on, and we've 
you know, we have now, you know, people from different countries, and the technology has changed so much over the last 12 years that it makes it really easy. But thank you. And I, I always learn from the guests, you know, so I'm just, you know, bursting with, you know, information. And, and you know, and I appreciate you sharing your story because it's, it's uh, empowering to remember, you know, kind of what you've gone through and where you are now. So, um Purpose. Um, you know, you mentioned that legacy and purpose were kind of like um, uh, anchor and um, uh, pull. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, so let's talk about purpose. Now, you indicated back, you know, during that you know initial uh, aha or you know kind of moment, you know, that it wasn't necessarily that you know. Right, purpose was defined, but in the sense that, you know, just that there was that, that God presence and that that in itself, I guess, indicates purpose. So mm-hmm. what, what you did mention a little bit of what, how you saw purpose. So how did um, your purpose come into focus um, from that period, from that, that moment? Um, and how does it change? Does it change? Yeah, awesome. Um, so as far as I guess my, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and, and I'm a little older now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a uh, little bit more wisdom on what purpose is. And so, I, you know, in that moment when I, you know, started my quest to seek out purpose, I, I was under the assumption that purpose was this one-time thing, right? So I would find, you know, the job or the company or whatever and be like, okay, this is my purpose. This is the thing, uh, which if, if, you know, we go back to the story that I shared about getting to this place and only to realize that it wasn't me, part of what was so devastating was, you know, I was so focused on this task um, that I truly did believe, like, this is my purpose. Like, I'm meant to climb these heights so that I can make an impact and I can do this, that, and a third. And so when, you know, reality hit, I was left questioning, well, if, if my purpose isn't to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. be an executive in corporate, then, like, back to that question of who am I? <laughs> Why am I here? Right. And so, you know, it took me some time to really understand that, Purpose is not like this one-time stagnant thing that we come to the realization and then we're good, but purpose is really about us um, transitioning and transforming how we express that. So, you know, for me, just being who I am, right, my, my passion in life is helping others. Um, you know, I'm a problem solver, and so for me to be able to help others using my problem-solving skills, like, I enjoy doing that. Now, I can do that in HR. I can do that as a coach. I can mm-hmm. do that as a speaker. I can do that as an author. And so what I've, uh, I'm coming to learn, at least for me personally, that purpose is really a matter of how we're expressing ourselves in a particular uh, time or period, that there's, it's, it's really what's inside of us, who we are, our makeup, our DNA, um, and how we're operating and, and when we are operating in that space, that we are living purpose. So if I can offer an example, I'm pretty sure people are tired of hearing me say this, but it's usually like the best way for me to describe it. Um, You know, coffee table, Uh, you know, we have coffee tables, right, in our living rooms, most of us. And the purpose of the coffee table is to be there as a nice, you know, decorative item to hold our uh, remote controls, our magazines, books, whatever it is that we put on the coffee table. If you take the coffee table, you put it outside, it's still a coffee table. It's still (laughs) a coffee table. Um, It may not be serving like the original creator's purpose, right, because it's sitting outside, but it's still a coffee table. And so I give that example to say that, you know, what we're created to do, what we're created to be is already within us. It's already us. And in every capacity that we are placed in, that is us operating in purpose, as long as we're doing the things that we're meant to, to do or be. Um, you know, I can go into different things. Sometimes we, you know, we, we do things that aren't aligned with purpose out of obligation to other people, or, you know, we're still living out the expectations of our parents, or in my case, we're still trying to prove to someone who probably forgot our name 
um, that we could do or be someone. So I, I wrap this all up to say, you know, purpose is not this one-time event. Purpose is, is right. truly when we are, when we are whole in, in knowing who we are, what we're capable of, what, what deep, in, deep inside is our superpower or zone of genius or whatever you want to call it, and we are functioning in that capacity, it doesn't matter what we're doing. That is, that is, that is living in purpose. That is living out your purpose. Yeah, I love the um, explanation of it as um, purpose being displayed or being played out in, you know, in different settings. Because, um, you know, a lot of people, I mean, purpose is like one of those things, oh, I, you know, what's your purpose? You know, and then particularly during this, this COVID time when everybody's, um, you know, world was rocked, you know, and, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned people having their identity closely associated with their job and, you know, boom, you know, I mean, we talk about, you know, major disruption. That's, you know, pretty much, um, you know, what we had on a massive scale. But um, it seems that um, that period also um, created an opportunity for people to maybe explore purpose, you know, what their purpose is. Now, when you talk about kind of with working with purpose, you know, uh, you know, within one's purpose and then not, um, would you say that, you know, because in the process of like searching for that thread, you know, what's that magical thread that kind of leads me through all of my little experiences and what I went, you know, what I was doing, when I was happy, what I was doing, when I was not, um, you know, trying to find that thread that one can say, oh, that's what my purpose is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, since you gave some examples, I'm going to go ahead and give a little story of mine. Uh, uh, when, um, before I started the radio show, uh, I, I was in Windows. I did that corporate to entrepreneur shift so you know, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, too, was very much that you know, married to the identity of the job. And um, and then when, you, of course, you start the entrepreneurial, you're just like, you know, you got to really define it. Um, so um, one of the uh, – I had a lot of intuitive people, friends around me, and one was an astrologer. And, and back in the days of audio tapes, she made me a tape, you know, of a, a reading from my chart. And it was during that that she said that my purpose was – um, bringing inspiration to earth. I mean, it was like, and even now when, when I heard that, it was like chills and, you know, it was like, whoa. And then I looked back and all of what I had done to that point, and that's what it was, you know. So anyway, that's kind of, you know, that was my little aha. So ever since then, you know, it's been doing, you know, not only the podcast, but I do nature photography. I do, you know, it's that idea of bringing inspiration to earth. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. my thread. But, um, but you know, I, I think people are still looking for that. So what would you say would be helpful for those who may not even know that they're living their path, you know, their purpose? Um, what would you say for someone who just wants to get clarity on their purpose? Yeah. Um, so, one, right, to your point, purpose is so broad, and, and everyone has their own uh, unique uh, experience that brings them into the knowledge and the awareness of their purpose, right? We just shared ours, so we kind of have different ones. Right. Um, first and foremost, you know, that answer, the, the clarity, the basic answer <laughs> is look within. Um, look within, because the answer, uh, the answer to who you are, why you're here, what you are meant to do is within you. Now, I know that's kind of like, well, how do you do that, right? That's that next step. Um, you know, similar to what I, I did, uh, and I advise people to do this too. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll give two different uh, versions of it. For me, when I got to that place where, like, I was starting to, to question again what my purpose was, I took a step back and really, like, looked over my life. I took the time to be introspective, to really understand. I had two questions, like, when was I the most fulfilled and when did I feel like I was making the most impact? 
And, you know, there are projects that we've done. There, I, I don't believe that anything happens for, by coincidence, that even if you are in corporate America, um, it's all training. It's all everything that we experience, everything that we go through, it's leaving us clues to what that purpose is. And so really taking the time to do the work, uh, to think back, to allow yourself, your imagination and your subconscious to open up so that you can go back to those moments, you can go back to those, those points and gain clues. Um, one of the other practical exercises that I share with, um, with clients is a couple of things. One, you make a list. Uh, make a list of your top 50 accomplishments. Um, and I know some people will be like, 50, I haven't accomplished anything. <laughs> some, mm-hmm. some days waking up out of bed uh, at 5 a.m., that is an accomplishment. <laughs> if that's your accomplishment, write it down. And I can't stress enough not to, not to stop at 38 or 49, but to get to 50. If you have more than that, by all means, please continue going. But 50 is the, is the minimum threshold. And then once you've written down all of the great things that you have accomplished, big and small, as long as they were important to you and you see them as accomplishments, I want you to take a step back and look back over your life of when you were a kid, right? What, what, did, you, what did you love to do the most? Uh, what did you always talk about? What did you always daydream about? What were the things that excited you? You know, as, as kids, we have this imagination and we have this childlike faith that we can be anything, we can do anything, and we, we are not limited uh, by any realities of bills and, you know, adulting and responsibilities. And so I challenge my clients to go back to that childlike faith and that childlike space and just imagine, just, just daydream. Just have a moment where you get to release all of the stress and anxiety and worry about, you know, work, about bills, about everything else that we have allowed to consume us. Let go of that and allow yourself to write a list of 25 things, right? If, if uh, there were no limitations on money, if, if sky were the limit, 25 things that you would do with your life and to write that down. And then the next step, step part three of that, is to look at that list. Look at that list of, okay, what have I accomplished? Or, you know, two lists. Mm-hmm. What have I accomplished? And then what is it that, you know, if, if money were no object or bills were no object or whatever were no object that I would be doing? And then look for the thread. Because more than likely there's a thread. Mm. Uh, not even more than likely. There's, there is a thread that you will start yeah. to notice. In, in both of these lists. Um, and in some cases, you'll start to see the, the thread across both of these lists. And that begins to, that starts you on your journey of your clues, right, to identify, okay, which one of these things do I feel the strongest toward that I could start working, that I can start working on today or that I could start, you know, moving forward? Uh, or which of these things that have I listed that I actually, I'm, I'm kind of doing this, like, in, in some capacity yeah, or mm-hmm. the other, um, and maybe want to explore a little bit more. So to recap, the list of 50, five zero, uh, mm-hmm. accomplishments or achievements, and then 25 things that you're, the little kid in you would just love to do. And then the third piece is really doing the analysis and looking for threads in both lists. Uh, to either identify that you already you already are on that path, or there's something there that's very very strong that you can begin to explore. Yeah, that is a great exercise, um, boy. That you know, so for people who've been asking themselves that question, uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. That's a very good. I've not heard that one before. Um, good now. When we get to that point, so we're we're looking at you know maybe look at our list you know, and and seeing maybe some things that may be out of alignment. Um, your book is called Transformed. So can you talk to us a little bit? Obviously, you've mentioned during the show a couple of times where you have you know gone through that process. So would you mind sharing with the listeners how do you view transformation? I mean, you know, what, what is it to you? Uh, in a word, painful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So why would we do that? Painful, but healthy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, you know, it's funny. I I wrote the book um, and released it at the top of 2020, right? No idea that (laughs) the pandemic and everything else was going to hit, Um, but how timely. So, you know, when I talk about transformation in the book, I, I reference the metaphor of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly mm-hmm. and the actual stages yeah. and the process that it goes through. And I share, you know, stories about my own life of when I've been in those particular phases. But to bring it home, you know, if you look at what took place last year uh, with regards to the pandemic, we all went through a, you know, uh, maybe not involuntary, an involuntary transformation process. And so there's a point in the caterpillar's life where, you know, it's just eating, it's eating, it's eating, it's eating. And then something within it signals it's time. And so this caterpillar goes away from what is normal, what is familiar, what is comfortable, uh, the tribe of other uh, caterpillars that it's with, and it goes away into this space of isolation. And during that space of isolation, you know, the chrysalis uh, forms around it, and it is completely destroyed and it's dismantled. Um, everything about its identity is, is, is obliterated. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when you, think about, when you think about what we experienced globally last year, right, everyone was in their bubble. Everyone had their routine. Everyone had their, you know, their, their places of comfort familiarity, all of that. And then something happened that completely shifted that for us. For some of us, right, and and I think you you alluded to this earlier, some of us use that time to step into this place of, okay, my life is changing. The comfort is no longer there. The familiarity is no longer there. Maybe the tribe is no longer there. Here I am in this place of isolation, and I need to deal with some of these fears, the anxiety, the worry, and all that other stuff that I've been carrying, and I need to process that, right? And so, you know, for some people that meant, you know, well, for some people they were laid off, unfortunately, uh, but that gave them new hope in terms of what they could do with their future. Um, You know, some people became innovative, started new businesses, you name it, right? So some people went into that we all went into that transformation chamber, as I like to call it, unwillingly or unknowingly, I should say. And some of us came out on the other side soaring, um, completely changing, pivoting, if you will, because that was a huge word last year, pivoting our, our businesses, pivoting the, the way that we live, the way that we work, and so on and so forth, whereas some, unfortunately, kind of got stuck in the chamber or they got stuck between the you can't stay here anymore to the chamber out of fear, out mm-hmm. of fear of, well, who will I become, right? Or, or if, I, if I have to lose this comfort or familiarity and to bring it home, you know, I still hear people saying that I can't wait till we go back to normal. And I'm mm-hmm. always, I'm, I, I always question, well, what, what's your definition of normal? Because <laughs> um, really? whatever that was, it doesn't exist anymore. And so when you right. think about transformation, the reason why I say it's painful is there's, there's growth, right? We always like, we, we see the butterfly, mm-hmm. we see the beautiful colors, we see it soaring and just looks so peaceful. But the process for it to get to that is a painful process. It has to shed old parts of it, old beliefs, old mindsets, um, old places uh, and people of familiarity to spend time in that that place of isolation, to grow new wings, um, to grow a different mindset and even a different identity so that it can soar. Um, So hopefully I haven't killed that uh, metaphor and that analogy to death, but really what transformation (laughs) is, it's it's the process to get you from growth. So where you are today, if, you know, whatever your next step is, whether it's to start a business or to, you know, leap into a different role or to, you know, start a family, whatever that next thing is, we, we don't just move into that. We, there's a process of transformation and growth that prepares us for that um, so that we can, when we do get into that space, like we're able to function and we're not, um, we're not overwhelmed by that new identity. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that was clear. So, um, I know that was a lot, there was a lot in there. Yeah, it was. 
No, that was absolutely perfect. Um, you know, because the one of the things that I um, I had a when I was waging one of my books, there, I came across, I, I take nature photos. And, and there was one time there was a caterpillar crossing an asphalt road, almost to the green area in the middle of the road uh, between the, the two roads. And my, it was just my thought, you know, that, you know, does that little thing know that in a short period of time, it can be flying around in this perspective is going to change from this hard asphalt to, you know, fly it around, um, you know, and, um, and, and at that time I was kind of like feeling sluggish in, in accomplishments, you know, self-judgment with that. Um, but then, you know, just, um, put me at ease recognizing that there is that process that you talk about, um, you know, that um, has yet to happen. So, um, and then made the day much easier <laughs> to, to get through. But, yes. So. And I, I have to add, even though I started with it, uh, transformation being painful, the yeah. outcome is always a million times better than right. the, the discomfort that we experience during yeah. the moment. Um, but I, 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 I don't want to sugarcoat, right, that like, oh, you can just become a new person overnight. Um, But at the same time, I would encourage people to understand that the, 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 the pain, the discomfort is to help you build new muscles, to help you build new levels of resiliency, to give you, you know, wisdom and, and strength so that when you do step into the new, you're prepared, you're not caught off guard, you're not, ill-equipped um so yes just like when we work out right uh those if you haven't worked out for a while and you go to work out oh yeah your muscles are going to be sore um but you also know (laughs) Uh that the more that you do it and you stay in that place and continue to take care of yourself you are going to build strength so what what may have hurt you know at 20 pounds at now 50 you're kind of like oh i can handle this um, so, you know, yeah. I, I, I also want to make transformation a, a positive thing, but just, you know, I don't want to pull anybody to make them think that it's, it's an right, easy right. thing. It, it's a realistic um, view of transformation that, you know, that it's, um, it's hard, you know, and, and can be painful in, you know, physically or mentally or spiritually or any combination. Um, but and yet, you know, it reminds me when we were talking about the butterfly and the chrysalis, you know, that if, if one tries to help a butterfly along out of the chrysalis before it's time, its wings won't have been mm. um, strengthened enough for it to fly. So, I mean, it's like not only is the transformation, is there a, like a process for the trans, transformation, but you can't rush it. You kind of have to go through and you know, exercise those muscles, you know, um, to yep. get to the point where you can accomplish that. So, well, this has really been a wonderful conversation, Sabine. I really appreciate it. Is, is there maybe any final words um, that you may want to say to the listeners that we haven't covered yet? Yeah, I mean, lean in, <laughs> lean into the transformation <laughs> for sure. Um, but if I can, you know, leave you with, with any encouragement, it's, you know, we, we've, talked about my my um, beginnings right and to where I am today um, and so if I can leave with any encouragement it, it would be that you know no matter where you are today uh, no matter how low you perceive um, you know your situation and, and where you are just know that every day that you get to wake up every day that you have breath in your life is, is a day for you to be able to start to make changes towards that And I'm not going to sugarcoat it and make it sound like, oh, it's just easy, right? Just be positive. (laughs) I know that struggle, um, but I know that every day that you show up and that you put in the work, every day that you show up and you say, I am going to, I'm going to fight for my life. I am going to fight for purpose. I'm going to fight to create a, a legacy that that builds your strength and where you are today will look completely different from, you know, where you'll be in a month from now or even a year from now. So, you know, depending on where you are, if you are in a valley season, just know that it's temporary and that you can climb your way back up to the mountain. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Sabine. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Sabine Gideon, 
Uh, we've been talking about her work as well as her book, Transformed, The Journey to Becoming. Um, again, you can find out more by visiting Sabine's website, which is sabinegideon.com, and that's S-A-B-I-N-E-G-E-D-E-O-N.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show, and until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.